Gospel Message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. We exalt you in this place, Father. We are so grateful that you are our portion. We have no other one but you. Unto you we turn this morning into this early afternoon confident that you will see us through how we celebrate your love and your kindness towards us blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus mighty name we have worshipped let's put our hands together for the team well done God bless you hallelujah please we'll be seated we'll be seated God bless you Samuel chapter 17 and I read from verse 26 1 Samuel 26 sorry 1 Samuel chapter 17 and I read from verse 26 it's a fairly long passage just follow the story with me as we go on, then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the, this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a curse? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Verse 32. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it, and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I cut it by, the, by his bed and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. 
So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to work, for he had not tested him. And David said to Saul, I cannot work with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with stakes? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp for the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not say with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. So it was. When the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David. That David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead. So that the stone sank into his forehead. And he fell on his face to the earth. So... David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word in Jesus' name. By all accounts, this story is a wonder. You agree with me? And uh, we call it the story of David and Goliath, or David against Goliath, or David versus Goliath. And out of it has come the contemporary use of the phrase that it is a David and Goliath situation. You heard of that said before. Because it was the unlikely prevailing over the favored. The odds were stacked against David. The odds were stacked against the children of Israel. But David somehow turned the story around. And suddenly, out of defeat, they snatched out victory. And that became a wonder through all the generations. I pray that that's one of the reasons why God says to us that this year shall be our year of wonder. 
It means that you will snatch victory out of the mouth of defeat. That when it seems all done and dusted and over with, that God will arise with his power in an unusual manner and will turn things around for you. Did you hear what I was saying? God will turn things around for his church this year. He will turn things around for our families in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want, I'm speaking this words unto you because one of the points that we mentioned is about words that we have heard and words that we must hear so that we may be where God wants us to be. An incredible story. I pick one or two things from that place and then hopefully God will marinate this into our hearts and we turn our situation and circumstances around for his glory. All right, number one. Victory does not depend on your ammunition only, but more on your attitude. And I give a simple good example. You may have all the degrees, you may have all the skills, you may have everything, all the intelligence, even all the connection. And one may still not be able to break through. And more often than not, one thing is lacking. More often than not, one thing is lacking. And that thing that is lacking is what David had. What did he have? A word, mighty boldness. Boldness attracts a few other virtues and blessings to our lives. The bold naturally attracts favor. The bold naturally attracts respect. The bold naturally repels opposition. There's something about boldness that God... I believe wants us to learn very, very early as we enter into this year. And it's only actually the bold that rules the world. Those that decide to stand up and do the uncommon, the unusual. And that is why the only thing the devil devil goes after is your ability to stand strong and bold. It will create a scenario for you to start doubting. Can God do it? Am I not past the stage in which I can get the victory? So, boldness is at the core of the wonder God will do for us this year. Thank God it's not something you can work up. Thank God it's God that emboldens people. He will embolden you. So, you want to title the message, you can call it Emboldened by God. Emboldened by God. David found an uncommon boldness on that day. Saul was taller than he was. Saul had fought battles before this young boy. People put the age of David around 17 to 20 at that time. And he was young. It was written all over him. I mean, he was looking totally on battle ready. There's something like that. Whereas, possibly Goliath, all the marks upon his face, the sky here, and the muscles ripping. And this boy, he was a musician. He, there was nothing in him. But he found the extra factor. That extra factor was boldness. And without boldness, he was able to possess. The Lord will embolden you and I this year. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, the Lord will embolden you and I this year. No one can do anything of substance except you receive special and divine ability to stay strong and bold. What took Moses to the palace of Pharaoh that he won? It was boldness. I mean, this was a man that was a fugitive. He was supposed to be fearing for his life. He walked it because God puts a boldness in him. God will infuse us with boldness. I've seen people that have entered into places before and the doors were beginning to open unto them because they found the boldness on the inside of them. 
May you find boldness this year. And I'm serious. May you find boldness. Many times we are asking for more power. God is saying, ask for more boldness. In Acts chapter 2, the disciples, they were filled with power from all night. By the time they got to chapter 3, that boldness was still working. That power was still working. They were able to go to the temple and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That was boldness. They didn't fear what the outcome would be. What about if I say, rise up, I demand the rise. What about if I say, rise up and go and, 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 and start jumping up? In fact, he told the man to rise up. The man didn't rise. Remember the story? Did he rise up? Then extra boldness came, grabbing by the hand, stood him up. There was something on the inside of him that was supernatural. That's what we need this year. You know what? The power is here. You know what we are lacking? Boldness. We have power. Oh, and by the time they got to chapter 4, it was obvious they had the power. And because the enemy was kept on threatening them. In chapter 2, they started making fun of them. They said they were drunk with wine. I will mention that later. In chapter 3, when they've done it, there was commotion in Jerusalem. People were believing in this Jesus they thought they have killed. And then they decided to arrest them. They arrested them, you know, and they threatened and they must not preach again. And by that time, because they were not well trained enough, they've started losing a lot of confidence. And by the time they got to chapter 4 of Acts of the Apostles, in verse 29, they did what we must do today. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servant that we may have more power. Is that it? Grant that we may have more anointing. Is that it? What should it be granted? That we may speak your word. Grant to us boldness. Grant to us boldness not to be afraid of losing. Grant to us boldness just to tell anybody and say, I'm carrying my baby. Grant to us boldness and so that we're able to say, with confidence in my heart, no matter whoever scores or laughs at me, that this year I'm walking down the aisle. Grant of me boldness to be able to say, my street is going to get saved this year. Irrespective of what everybody say, boldness. Somebody listening to me. And I can't talk about boldness without myself having received some dose of strength from the Lord. We don't talk of boldness. You know, I may preach in an unusual manner today, but that's when God is working. It must transpire. It must transfer. It must diffuse. It must be an exchange. And I pray Right from this altar, the spirit of boldness will descend upon this place. You're going to challenge the seemingly unchallengeable. You're going to speak with authority. In Matthew chapter 21 verse 1, the Lord Jesus Christ just gave us an example of how we need to do it. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage or Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples and he's sending you today. Saying to them, Go into the village opposite you. Go into the street opposite you. Go into your place of work. And immediately you will find a donkey there. Hallelujah. You will find what you are looking for. You will find what I need there. You just go. And a cult with her. That is, a cult is a young donkey, isn't it? Both of them tied together. And he says, lose them and bring them to me. Wow. Lose them and bring them to me. Then give answer to their fear. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of it. We're going to stand up beginning from today and until the earliest of tomorrow. You're going to be telling the enemy, the Lord has need of this thing in my life. Are you hearing me? The Lord has what? 
Because you will be challenged. You will try and find out that what is it. You will be challenged. But you must stand on your ground. I said the Lord has need of it. You need more than skills. You've got enough skills. You need more, more than degrees. You've got enough degrees. Those that prevailed. And please, by all means, go and get degrees. I've got one or two myself. Pile them. But believe you me, with all the degrees in the world, with all the skills, all the trainings in the world, there's no boldness one is going nowhere. Oh, go and study your scriptures so that you can preach. But believe you me, without knowing scriptures, but if you have boldness, we do more with those who have been studying scriptures all this while. Oh, we need the word of God. But more importantly, you need boldness. So number one thing I want us to take note of is that your attitude must be right. Hallelujah. Your attitude must be right. Hallelujah. Have you noticed that in the jungle, listen carefully to this. Who is the king of the jungle? Are you sure? Which one is the strongest animal in the jungle? I did a quick check. Depending on whoever writes it. Out of the three sources that I checked, in the first two, the lion did not make the first ten. In the final one I checked, the lion came ninth. Oh yeah. Be surprised. Bison. A form is commoner in North America. It's a form of a bull. A bison can bulldoze his way through a solid rock. Plus, practically, like a you know, like a wall made of mortar and blocks, it will bash his head through and it will break to pieces. If the lion tries it, he will pick his call. There are many animals stronger than lion. Don't you see those? Um, I watch a lot of this documentary. Those uh, National Geographical or Eden or some of them. Have you watched them before? Do you feel for those bulls sometimes? The way two lions, or just a pride of lions, maybe two, they will chase about a thousand of them. And one day, I didn't know when I started up jumping for them. For once, they then turned and they started pushing them back. I was clapping. I said, I said, behave yourself now. <laughs> the reason is this. There is a sense of hatred for injustice in every believer. There's something within you that says it's not right. Do you know it's that same sense of injustice that is driving every one of us? You, my listener, and by the special grace of God, I standing here that no longer... Shall someone be threatening you and chasing you when it's not stronger than you in Christ? There's that sense of anger and it's not right. It's not right. For how long? For how long for this number of wonderful, powerful, heavily filled sheep of Jesus... With this number, that just one lion will come as it were. Not the lion of Judah, because there are two sets of lions. I'll talk about that later. And be troubling us. That shouldn't happen anymore. That must stop. And so the lion had only one thing. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1. Proverbs 28 verse 1. He has only one thing. His bite was not the strongest. One of the strongest bites is actually the bite either of a shark or of a crocodile. It doesn't have a good bite. The wicked flee where no one pursues. But the righteous are bold as 
It's an eternal truth that the only thing the lion has is what? You'll be bold too. I will be bold too. Not because we're going to work it up. God is going to infuse boldness in us. You see, when you, you have, some of you have acted bold before. You remember? You must have. You said, when the work came upon me, uh-uh, that will not just be what came upon me, it will be coming upon you every day. <laughs> so that by your utterance, so that by your comportment, so that by your standing your gun, the enemy will be afraid. It's about time the only one chasing every one of all believers all over the world that are, it's about time we chase him. And chase, we will chase him. So most importantly, it's not what you know, it's not your skill, it's not anything. It is what? Your attitude. And there are quite a few sayings I came across. He said the door will be open to those who are bold enough to knock. Oh, it will open. Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 to 22. There was that woman that was with the issue of blood. You remember her? Oh, that woman knocked. Oh, that woman knocked. And that woman's story was not different from your story and my story. It's not her first time. She has fired blank many times. And that's the, usual, that's the most difficult part for boldness. Do you know that the success rate, actually, for lions, <laughs> is good to listen. Do you know the success rate for lion? Does anybody have an idea? It's close to one in 50. Go back up and check. That is, if you watch those few very well, the lions, they will chase an antelope, chase an, an antelope, they can run. They cannot only run fast, they can run long. Lions can run fast but cannot run long. They just only have bursts of activity. So a lion, so that is why you're saying, please, that's why the Bible teaches perseverance. You keep at it. You will outdo the enemy. Amen. That's the problem. We keep thinking, he's tired. He's going to give up. Then the lion will run, run, run. And some of this, and each of us, <laughs> strange, our, some of these are human beings. We are strange. Some of the groups, specifically the Maasai, and some of the groups in Kenya, in those those grasslands of East Africa, do you know how they will catch some of those running animals? They outrun them. (laughs) Say, human beings, you are crazy. Then they go to Olympics, they say they clear all the long distance. Why wouldn't you? You are looking for lottery front to go and go to a camp to go and run. They They just keep chasing animals. They get meat, they get strength, and they get medals. At the end of the day, guys, sincerely, there will be moments, even the lion that we are talking about, the good old friend lion from where we are learning from today, he fires blank many times. Firing blank is not the end of the story. The real bold is the one that says, I will do it again. And I will do it again. I will do it again. And when they eventually catch, oh, 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 it's sweet. Oh, the family feasts on it. Oh, it's always beautiful. I've seen that many times. So never forget, it is those that... So that woman in Matthew chapter 19, chapter 9 rather, she has been to many physicians. The account in Mark chapter 5 gave us a full story about her, but stay in that one. While he spoke these things, the behold, the ruler came, my daughter has just... You know the story, but come and lay your hand on her and she will leave. Verse 19, please. 
So Jesus arose and followed him. And so did the disciples And verse 20. Then says, suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and tore the hem of his garment. And what did she say? If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made whole. And of course, in verse 22, Jesus turned around. And when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. But it is good to read the end of the testimony. And also when giving testimony, just give us the end of the testimony. There's always a story behind. No? Just, just, that's, that's the secret. The Bible knows how to write testimonies. And of course, you know, there are times when we give the background to it. And so she was made well because she dared not. You know the rest of the story. There are many things that could have kept that woman away. But she decided to say, no, I will not stay away. You lock me down, I get up again. Remember the story of that Costello film that we watched on a Wednesday? You remember? Knocked down many times. And only to get up at the last moment and still win. It's not so much about what you know. It's about your attitude to press on. And God is only looking for someone who will be open to receive it. You must be bold enough to knock. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, you don't need to turn to that. That was when Elisha asked Elijah, you remember? He said, guys, give me a double portion of your anointing. What an audacity. No wonder that guy wrote audacity of hope. And the audacity paid up for him. You remember remember the guy? The former U.S. president. We didn't know he was preparing himself, sacking himself up. He wrote a book called Audacity of Hope. Three or four years later, he contested. And he defeated all sorts and boxed all the trend. There are many routes onto getting there. One thing, and everyone that has gotten a prize in this world, whether by crooked means or by direct means, they have something. It's called boldness. I'm not endorsing their bad ways. No, 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 forget it. But there's something about them. Some of you have given me a knowing smile. You know. Hallelujah. But the truth of the matter is that go unto the ant and land of his way. Learn of their ways. Learn of the good thing about them. Don't be diabolic. I don't be stumbling. But remember that you must go for it. Shall we go for it this year? Are you sure? You're going to rise up in covenant and say, look, this thing is not defeating me. I will defeat it. And God is the one that will back us up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And talking of knocking, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Those ones, they actually practically knocked. Jesus Christ was one of the houses. People believe it was actually Peter's house because it was supposed to be in Capernaum and that was the house. They say he was in the house. So apparently it was the place he was living. When he left Nazareth, he decided to go and stay with his friend. What a humble, wonderful man. You know? He could have gotten into to build a house. He said, I'll just squat. He was squatting, you know? Anyway, sorry for another day. And so the place was jam-packed, you remember? And the, these people, they had a need that their friend should be healed. And so they said, what shall we do? And they went to the top of the house and they dismantled it. They went beyond knocking. They took down the door. Spiritually speaking, sincerely, I'm not joking. Seriously, seriously. Spiritually speaking, we must take our doors this year. I'm telling you, we must take our doors. Let people laugh. Because when you are taking our door, you look crazy. Your prayer, let it be unusual. Your dedication, let it be uncommon. It was as long as you do it and it's prim and proper and no one is thinking that you are crazy, maybe you are not doing what you ought to do yet. Let them point and talk, are you the only one? Why are you behaving like this? Most of the time, everything is too orderly. Everything is too prim and proper. 
even to dance. I know someone that danced himself unto breakthrough. Look, when you are moving in that realm of boldness I'm talking about, you don't need to copy anyone because your own will be different. I mean, the guy came, normal offering dancing, and he danced and danced everywhere. I was cringing myself. I mean, some things are really cringeworthy. You know where I was going? Some of this, when you do them, you know that those 30 seconds of fame, you will get it. Even before they do anything to you, you have finished what you are doing. And then the Lord moved for him. Get ready this year. Amen? Amen. Do uncommon things. Another saying I came across. He said, even God lends hand to honest boldness. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 to 33, don't open it to it. Matthew 14, um, 28 to 33. Spoke about the people, uh, the disciples when they were on the sea, you remember? And then Peter audaciously decided to walk on the water, isn't it? A crazy thing to do. It's enough, you've just come up from fear that the ghost was working. The master said, it was not a ghost, it was me. And then said, can I come? And of course, the man bungled it. He took more than bravado. Because sometimes, even bravado can go ahead of us. But the mercy of God is that. Because sometimes, some of these things I'm telling you, some of them, you may do them, and you get mystery, and say, right. I think you are taking pastor too literally here. <laughs> I think you are right on your own. Do you know what? God will come and deliver you. Because that's what he did for that guy, you know. Because sometimes we can take him too literally. Sometimes you can just sow on a common manner and you find yourself say, aha, finally, you, you finish yourself now. And in the midst of that, you know what God does? He will pick you out. Because when Peter was sinking and he decided to cry out, don't forget, cry out is the word. What did the master do? The Bible say, grab him by the hand and carried him to the ship. And when God does that, he wants to show his extra quality. There's no way, by my reckoning, that the Lord Jesus Christ will have been bigger than Peter. Granted, maybe about this, he was a carpenter. Look at a man, look at the man Jesus. Don't look at God Jesus. He was a carpenter, probably has some muscle and whatever. At best, man carrying man. It's hard enough for walking upon water. He then carried him to the boat. And usually when you are sinking, after you have taken that audacious step, you will need to be carried by God. And it will carry us. It will carry us. So I'm warning you ahead of time. Okay? In case you got mystery, man, I start saying, well, 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 I'm ready to pastor. You say, just cry out to God. I say, God, I'm sinking. After you've taken your audacious step. Hallelujah. And it will get us out. I say it will get us out. In the name of Jesus. All right, let me just say one more thing there. Now listen carefully to this one. Going back to our test, I believe with all my heart that David was a very strange guy. Strange and good, good, strange in a good sense. Why did I say that? Now, this guy in verse 26 said, <laughs> and I think one of the ones that were mentioning that, this guy approached the people there and he said, This Philistine threatening our people, you know, cursing our God and. Where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Why, why should this guy be threatening us like this? So David wasn't very happy with that. But in the midst of that, David was seen beyond that. Please put verse 26 of 
the first book of Samuel chapter 17 on the screen for me. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? David was a prize fighter. He doesn't do anything for free. He doesn't. And that's why many a times it's a new concept we need to embrace in the church. I'm not asking you to ask things purely for selfish end of thing, but don't do anything for nothing. Do things for eternal reward at the minimum. Am I listening? Don't sow for nothing. Sow because we expect some reward. It's false humility and false sanctimonious behavior. To think that I can just give. Don't just give. God is a perfect economist. When he saw the son, he expected billions and is begetting the billions. Don't, don't, don't just throw things around. David said, I'm not going to risk my life for nothing. What would I get? I, I love that. 21st century believers will be coming with things that are not in the Bible. And that's why you must check things from the scripture. People say, no, let, I, just, I, just, I just love God. Of course I love God. Of course I love God. But for my sweat here today, I'm a guest reward in heaven. And part of it I will get on us. Uh, he said it now. He said it. I said, no, I have no time to say amen. You don't need amen. I said, he said it. The Bible said it. When Peter got disillusioned, who doesn't get disillusioned? I'm telling you serious scripture. When they came to Jesus, he said, master, no, 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 no. This one that you say, heaven is difficult to enter. He said, we have left everything for you. We've lost my boat and everything. Gone. I caught fish one day. I decided to just leave it there. And the minister of God, you dramatized it so well, you know, a few days ago. And it was said after, the, after Peter caught the fish, you know, painted the scenario in the family and, uh, you know, left home in the morning and, um, you know, went back home and the wife was asking, Madame was asking, um, so how was today? How now? Ah, he said, well, it was a wonderful day. If I all night we toiled, we didn't catch anything. Eventually we caught something. Really? He said, Where is the fish? Eh. He said, Actually, something came upon me. I, I felt something like that. What did you feel? Uh, he said, Well, there was a presence like that around me. And after the presence, um, eh, yeah, very good presence. So, where is the fish? I left it. You left it. <laughs> you left the fish. Eh, go and follow the man. He said, I will make fish and stuff. We don't eat men in this house. We eat fish. So the man knew where I was coming from. He said, we left all for you. What did Jesus tell him? Peter, Peter, why are you looking for reward? Is that what the Lord said? He said, there's no one that left anything for me that will not get reward, a hundredfold reward, here in this world and in the world to come. I'm wiring you up. Please learn. Every one of the scripture, they always have a purpose for what they are doing. Always have a purpose for what they are doing. So David was a very good man. But there was something that informed David's behavior. You know, for those that give in to fear, they are prepared to trade in everything just to keep alive. For those that give in to boldness, they are prepared to trade their fear so that they can get their life back. You know, boldness always strikes a good deal. Fear strikes a bad deal. And there was a wonderful story 
In, I mean, this guy knew he, was, he might lose everything. But he would just say, look. And usually in the sense of it, if Goliath died in the course of the, of the fight and uh, David died as well, now who will get the prize? Who, how, how, would, how would that work? Normally, by the Mosaic law, it is expected that his family should inherit it. So whatever, they, because two things he promised. He said, number one, you'll be exempt from tax. I wish I could do something that would exempt me from tax in UK. Anything, please tell me, anything. And the tax is not getting better at all. During my tax return, and started adding, and I said, Lord, where, where is it from again? No tax. Not for one year forever. That is whatever you see on your, whatever, whichever work you are doing. Everything, that's what you take home. Just divide it by 12 straight. Somebody's salivating on that already. That was the story. The man said, no tax. I would do anything for that. Many at times, we don't even know the strength of the blessing the, God, the Lord has had for us. And that's why we don't, we are not prepared to risk as much as we should risk. Some of you are fasting yourself seriously now. Please keep fasting on. And as you are, you will get reward. Because God is a very faithful God. There was a man that started to strip all the things in the temple. Second Kings, I think chapter 14 or there, but his name was Ezekiah. Very sad story. Sennacherib decided to threaten him. Sennacherib was the king of Assyria in those days. And actually, the meaning of Sennacherib was simply bramble of gods. I probably mentioned that in my next point. Bramble, you know, bramble, funny things. And so, when people are dealing with you, go and find out their nickname. It may not be their real name. Or even find out their real name. Especially if a part of the world where names have meaning. Behind their name, there may be, might be things that are also troubling you. Story for another day. So sad. Because the man was afraid of his life. He went to the temple of God. A great reformer in Israel. Went to the temple of God, took the silver. The Bible said he stripped the gold and gave unto the enemy. On top of that, the enemy said, I will finish you still. And decided, until decided to run to God. Was he not the one that took the letter and put it on the altar? You remember him? It was Ezekiah. So don't negotiate with the enemy at all. Don't negotiate on this matter. Don't negotiate that it's all over. It's not over. Don't negotiate that we can't do, we can't do it. I'd rather die fighting. Try to compromise with the enemy. does not change anything. It doesn't compromise. He will take everything and still strike. I mean, I swear, die fighting. I mean, I swear, die believing. It's totally pointless. I stand by my ground. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to bend rules just to say, oh, well, Lord, deliver me. No, well, either way, is death. That's why those lepers were very clever. He said, if we stay here, we will die. If we go into the city, we might die. And most of the time, the step of bondage is always we might. But where you are is will. Truth might get wrong than will get wrong. Hallelujah. The Lord will embolden us today. So remember very clearly, boldness is very important. I rush through the one, one or two other things before we go. Now, please, don't, don't, don't let me deny you of this one. Please, some may be sitting in here, and it's always good to speak on to some of the questions we're not asking. Some may be speaking, sitting in here, and then thinking that, well, all this boldness, all this thing you're talking about, it does not affect me, where many a times we're not even aware that 
Some of our character behavior, some of our character traits, the way we act, they're actually signs of lack of boldness. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it was speaking unto Timothy, Paul that was, and he was saying that you have not been given the spirit of timidity, but the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. What he was saying, Timothy was a very timid guy. And a timid person is a shy person. A timid person is a person that holds back. While everybody's stepping forward, they're not stepping forward. When you get back home today, it's laid on my heart. Just the Lord just lay that on my heart as much as you can. Lay hands upon every one of your children and command that the spirit of power, of love and sound mind will rest upon them. When you are still expecting your children, lay it on your tummy because it's real. And say, child, children, you will not have a timid spirit. There are some children that they got so much resources, but we never see. They will have been top-notch students. But because they are timid, when they ask a question, they can't raise their hand. And timidity can come out as, as you no know, being very, um, what was the word? Is it demure? They come out as well-behaved, and, and, but it's timid. When they get better, they are always getting the best behaving class. It's Okay. But behind the best behave is a very timid child. You always get, after 50 years working, you always get the gold wrist watch with stepwise 0.5% salary increase every year. But you are timid. You've never been able to step out. And they're rubbing your head there. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Best behave. It's good to be best behave, but please go beyond that. Number two, these guys of lack of boldness is what I call submissiveness. Ungodly submissiveness. Submissiveness means that you are too submissive. And I don't want women to say mm -hmm to this one. <laughs> because whenever we are talking of submission... <laughs> It's always uh, seems to be in one direction. That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, this is not even for women, it's for men. <laughs> Submissiveness. People, and, and that's what happened to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. God was telling him in verse 2. He said, my servant Moses was dead. He said, you... Now, Joshua was a very submissive person. He was so submissive to the extent that left unto him, he would not have taken the step to go in boldness, to go and possess the land. And for about eight, nine, ten verses in that chapter one, the Bible was telling him, be strong, be courageous, you know, essentially, come on, man, be bold. You have a mighty assignment ahead of you. Yes, you have been good. You serve, you serve Moses very well. You are submissive. It's time for you to step out now. There's a world of difference between being a very good assistant and being a good leader. And sometimes you need to move from being a good assistant to being a good leader. That transition can be hard. I've had to counsel guys who are fantastic technocrats. They then say, be a, a team lead. And they ran back. I said, Pastor, is hard. I said, well, because being a technocrat, I'm very good. You can draw the drawing. You can draw the project. When you become a team lead, it's a different thing. Because a huge transition, you didn't know. You don't have to deal with people. Many of them, they, what they kept doing is that they would then do all the work on their own. Because they talk to people, they won't listen to them. They said, I'm, I'm boarding. I said, sir, you have moved from being an assistant. You are now to be assisted. 
And there is a huge gap and a different skill set to transition you from being a good assistant to being a person that will be well assisted. Oh, and I have to fight that, to grow through that, primarily ministry. And so, this man was going to pride himself that I can say yes, sir. I can say yes, ma'am, very well. But God said you need more than that. You need to step out now. In actual fact, you need to now challenge situation. If his backbone was not stiffened, Achan would have destroyed them. Except, I believe God told him to stone Achan. I mean, the punishment of Achan and his family was huge. He grew real backbone following the fact that he now knew, knew for sure that he now cannot just keep saying I'm submissive. Another one is what I call false humility and false contentment. Might be a disguise for lack of boldness. Be content with what you have. Yes, the Bible says so. But the Bible also says that I've given you authority to trample upon sick and serpents. Contentment does not mean lack of ambition. Contentment does not mean that we don't challenge things. Challenge. Encourage your children to challenge you respectfully. It's part of the ways to build them up. Let them be able to look at you in the face and say, Dad, I think you are wrong. And please, Dad, say, yes, I'm wrong. Don't bring your culture into it. (laughs) Me wrong? You are wrong, Dad. You shouldn't have said that. Really? No. Do you know what it does for people? It elevates you. They look at you and say, wow. It takes a strong man to be able to say sorry. And we can expand that for another day. But most importantly, please don't fall for all those things. Amen? And so let's move on to the next point very quickly because of our time. So our first big point was what? Remember that your victory does not depend on your ammunition, but on your attitude. And the attitude we are looking for is the attitude of boldness. Number two, the battle of life is battle of God. I've not got time to deal with the verse 43 and 45. You could see the exchange between Goliath and David. You know, they were not even exchanging talks about, eh? They were not talking, what? Gods. Gods. The battle of gods. G-O-D-S. Battle of gods. You know? You know, they were not even talking about, no, my muscles are bigger than yours, my javelin are longer than yours. Even Goliath himself knew that Despite his strength, he needed God. He needed his gods. The Bible said, why did you need to curse the boy with your gods? Why do you need to bring your gods into it? Despite the fact you know that you're just going to swat the boy like an ant. Or like fly, rather. But he just, just knew. And we are sitting down there, children of God, forgetting that every time you step out of your house, there's a battle going on between your God and their God. Between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You are only caught in between the fight. You're driving just on the street. Don't you know that that can sense, not physically, can, can spell the end of a person. It's battle of God. Please, I beg you, go out every morning and key into the fact that there's a battle that is going on and my God is the winner. One of the things that will embolden you most. As long as you make it your battle, and that's why David concluded, he said, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will then give your carcass. One, when I'll come to the three pillars of, 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 um, three pillars of boldness in a minute, and we'll close. 
one of the things that will give you the greatest commandment is to know, as I'm standing here, when we are worshiping this morning, it was in my heart that even the enemy was trying to put, put a lot of pressure back on the service today. And I wasn't coming forward for quite some time. I was praying behind because I knew a battle was going on. Like I know sometimes when, when maybe the instrumentalist or maybe the person leading or maybe the person taking testimony that the enemy is pushing back. I can't, I'm aware. It's not about the person. I'm aware when I'm preaching, but maybe you are not even aware. You probably just leave the pastor exposed that is actually fighting a battle standing in front of you. Fighting a battle in his mind. His brain is probably being frazzled and he's just getting things missed up because you don't even know that the enemy said that word will not come out. If it comes out, it will not come out well. If it comes out well, it will come out with some offense with it. It's a battle all the time, all the time, all the time. That's why he said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You keep blaming people. You keep blaming your children. Man of God was sharing. I decided that, you know, his child was attacked by the enemy with a sickness, with a fatal sickness. Praise God. It ended fantastically the huge testimony. And the senior pastor to this man of God told him, he said, you know what? And told the young boy, you know, he said, the attack is not on you. The attack is not on your father. It's me they are trying to get at. Do you know some of the things that happen in this church? I'm aware that some of them are directed at me, though you may be feeling the heat. And I'm aware of that. That's the hardness of this work. I know some of the things that keep me awake at night. Issues in this place. And I know it's just for them to pile and pile and pile and pile and pile. And number one, discourage me and say that sin are under you. Pile and pile and pile and pile and pile. People that, you know, you love with your heart in Christ Jesus. Seeing them going through issues. You feel a failure. You feel, and the attack is not. You're just a collateral. Every aspect of life is almost like that. Unless you are aware. Now that you now know that the enemy is actually not fighting you, but fighting your God. Will you not be bold? And just turn on to God and say, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm feeling the heat. You need to reply them. David did not once say that we want to save the neck of children of Israel. He didn't even mention Saul. Old man fool. Got the armor, give it to somebody to go and fight. The boy was shorter than you. The boy was younger than you. If the armor can work for you, why didn't you go? I mean, some of these ridiculous things that people do under fear. Very shameful thing, old man. Sorry, Saul. Um, it's been a long time now, a few thousand years ago. But I can still feel the, feel, feel the anxiety of it, you know? And so there we, there, there, there we had it. But David never for one moment was talking about himself. He kept saying about God. That is the source of your boldness. Are you hearing me? God must be glorified in your life. Did you hear me? He must be. It's not about it's about him. It's to say that, see, they say they are calling on God. See, so many of them, they have issues. No, God, you will answer them. Your God, you still does miracles, do them. And do them in large numbers. And so he kept talking about our God, God of Israel that you have defied, that you have tried to shame, he will answer you. It's always the battle of the gods. Hallelujah. And God is more than capable of answering for himself. Let me just give you one more point. And then, um, boldness is not pie in the sky. That's my last point. It has a foundation. Hallelujah. Boldness has a financial. Some of the financial I've mentioned not to you. I'll give you three quick pillars, what I call the three pillars of boldness. Pronouncement. That's the word of God. 
Number two, presence. Number three, power. And if you are giving unto teaching and you want to take in, and this is where the rubber is the road, as they say, uh, pronouncement is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. The same became flesh and came. So the word of God is who? Jesus, the son of God. So you need Jesus. You need him in a relational manner in your life without any shadow of doubt. And you also need that word that will be spoken as logos, the spoken word of God. And so everything, every boldness depends on the Lord says. Because if it is outside of that, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, when God was speaking to Israel, he said, as I told Moses, the basis for you being bold was that I've told Moses already. The basis for me being bold to start believing that I will be, I will make an impact in this city, that you will make an impact in your community, is the fact that God has said it is not his will that any will perish. It must be based on the word. And the son takes care of that. Number two, leg, of the three legs upon which boldness must stand, is what I call the presence. And that is that the father is with you. The father, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In his presence, there is the fullness of joy. So, presence of God, the awareness that God is with you should embolden you. You can talk of that in the natural. A child is aware the father is around, they are bold. You understand that. Father, is, a child is aware, the mother is around them, they are bold. Number three is power. And maybe just one or two seconds on that. Ephesians chapter 5, I said, the power is the Holy Spirit. So, our boldness is based on the Trinity, the three legs. Every place, sorry, go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 for me. Five, verse 18, Ephesians 5, 18. He said, and do not be drawn with wine in which there is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Be filled with the Spirit. How can you, or how will you describe a person who is acting very bold? Out of many descriptions you can give. A fearless person. Like a drunk person. You agree with me? A person that is not, actually drunkenness does not do anything unto us more than it depresses our inhibition. So, because we are not bold because we are inhibited. Something is pulling you back. Ah, if I talk, if I may not say it right. Ah, if I said I will go and do that, I may get it wrong. So, it's all about inhibition. So, what it does, it depresses mainly the inhibition center. And because it depresses the inhibition center, you are loose. And sometimes, sometimes when I walk around, I, you know, it's, so, it's, it's bad to have a bad past. But God can use it for your good. I just see people sitting, you know, drinking. And the, you know, the way, I just remember the way we square, the way they will square up. You know? I just thought it's all false bravado. What's wrong with this alcohol? I mean, take this alcohol away. And you know, they, 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 they look very intelligent. <laughs> Oh, some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I just this, uh, you know, and they, they, it, it might not be something, they, they may not say anything, but you see this sense of, um, yeah, yeah, I know, and uh, all settled and taken care of. It's simply because, and good, good for them to remind us, those that unfortunately, because I wish I was born again, probably I don't even wish, I love the way God has taken me, it's okay, it's fine, I'm not complaining. 
But those of you, those that didn't have that past or whatever, let's learn from it. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. The Holy Spirit is always equated to being drawn. And simply it means that it takes your inhibition away. If inhibition was not taken away, how can an illiterate fisherman be addressing so many people out of which they are Sanhedrin PhD in law? Inhibition was taken away. There's no way anyone can do anything for the Lord except the Holy Spirit removes the inhibition in you. How can many a times somebody like myself and many and you, many of us, when we have the opportunity to minister and we act out of character, genuinely, not because we are play acting. We just probably look at the video sometimes and say, was I behaving like that? And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you, you know, maybe we're ministering, you do things that are unusual. Inhibition is taken away. So that is very core unto boldness. Can I hear your amen unto that? So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, allow him to express himself through you. Amen. Pray a lot in the Holy Spirit. And then he will manifest himself in your life. Hallelujah. All right, our time is up. Did you get something out of this? So what we need now is to receive that boldness, isn't it? Does that make sense? All right, please, let's rise up and just talk to God right now and receive that boldness. The day of Pentecost... That was what they accused them of. When the, when the Holy Spirit first came, he came announcing himself as if they were drunk. And he said, why are they drunk? So early in the morning, they said, we're not drunk. So which means when the Holy Spirit is working, all his symptoms and signs are very, very exactly and similar. In fact, more than similar, they're almost exactly like that of drunkenness, except that your breath does not smell. They're exactly the same talk boldly, you act boldly, you stand your ground, you don't allow anything to face you, and that shall come upon us today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, just to take two prayer points very quickly, and then I will make one or two declarations. Probably get this done in another five minutes. Um, Acts chapter 4, verse 29. I read from the New Living Translation, and we just turn that into prayer. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats, and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. The message puts it this way: And now they are at it again. Can you identify with that? The paths of darkness; they are at it again. Take care of their threats, and give your servants fearless confidence, and that we shall receive right now. That we shall receive right now. By the time they got to chapter 5 of Acts of the Apostles, the Bible said, out of the hearts of the apostles, God did many, how did he put it again? Many wonders. He used a particular adjective for it. Mm, No, more than great signs and wonders. So, it was progressive. The results to their prayer were very, very obvious for all to see. Hallelujah. And those results shall be obvious for us, to, for the world to see as well in the name of Jesus. So that's why he said, out of the body of Peter, they were taking handkerchiefs and many people were being healed, you know. And through the hands of the apostles, God did many wonderful miracles, uh, if I found that before. So I want us to pray right now and say, Spirit of the living God, embolden me. Simple prayer. Pray it in your own way. We've not got so much time, but it's okay. We can just, you know, take an extra time. You need that boldness for the next phase. I need the boldness. The church needs that boldness. <laughs> just ask him to embolden you. 
In boldness, your faith will arise. In boldness, you will be able to believe for what you are believing God for more than ever before. In boldness, our children shall move to the next level and Christ shall be glorified in all our lives. Embolden me, O God. I'm praying for myself, Lord, and I pray for every one of these your children. Give us uncommon boldness, O God. And when men and women see our boldness, then we know that we have a God who is backing us up. Embolden us, embolden us, O God. Embolden us in an uncommon manner in the name of the Lord Jesus. Cry unto him, cry unto the Lord, and just believe. Give us a few more moments to be able to pray and ask God to do that for us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, will be our final prayer. But one of the elders said to me, Do not we behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David? has prevailed to open this scroll and to lose his seven seals. He's talking about who? The Lord Jesus Christ. He did not just call him lion. He's a particular type of lion. And he connected him to David, our man today. That means if you are born of God, because the Bible says that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Colossians 1, 27, put that on the screen for me. I want to read that clearly. Colossians 1, 27, please. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of what? So Christ is in you. If Christ is in you, you carry the DNA of Christ. The DNA of Christ, the DNA of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the act he did in Revelation chapter 5 was an act of absolute boldness. Nobody could step forward. He stepped forward. And so that same DNA will begin to work in you and I. And our neighborhood, our families, everybody will now say, what has come upon you? You will manifest that DNA. The DNA of a liar. You will be bold. Some of you, by the special grace and mercy of God, within two weeks, you will come back and testify of doors that you dare not to have knocked. You knocked it and it opened for you. You're coming back here. We open on common doors for you. So we're going to lift up our voices. Go to cry and say, Lord, embolden me. Let the nature of Christ manifest through me. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Let his nature be seen in and through me in the name of the Lord Jesus. Quickly pray. Pray unto the Lord that you will receive that nature of Christ unequivocally today in the name that's above all names. Mighty Father, we thank you. Yes, Lord, I receive that nature. The nature of the Lion of the tribe of Judah will manifest in me. I shall stand tall and I shall stand bold against and in the face of every opposition in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Rock of our salvation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you may and you're interested, please lift your hands unto the heaven as I make this declaration over us. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the finished work on the cross. You have ordained it and prepared us as a special breed of people. 
A people that we trample upon the most deadly of situations and circumstances and we shall not be hurt. So I stand in the name that's above all names. I say let the spirit of Christ, the spirit of boldness, the spirit of the lion of the tribe of Judah rest upon each and everyone right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let there be a full manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. In your community, you will speak with a common boldness. In your family, you will speak with a common boldness. Unto those who knock, are bold enough to knock, the door is always open. This week you will knock. And doors shall be opened unto you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will declare with your mouth in all confidence and assurance that that which we are believing God together for, collectively and individually, they shall come to pass because of your declaration in the name of the Lord Jesus. The word will work for you. The presence of the Father in your life shall give you a daily guarantee of your boldness. And the power of God manifest through the indwelling Holy Spirit. We catapult you into a new level of authority and boldness in the name of Jesus. I say to you, as you speak to the cult and the donkey, to be loosed, to be loosed, to be loosed. They shall be loosed in the name of the Lord Jesus. And without any shadow of doubt, anyone in the spiritual realm that threatens or challenges you, as you tell them that the Lord has need of it, they will assent and consent. They will agree and even give you more in the name of the Lord Jesus. Today, the Lord is releasing many offsprings of the lion of the tribe of Judah into this community in the name of the Lord Jesus. We serve the prince of the air over Aberdeen and over Scotland notice. The rock of ages himself, the mighty creator, is releasing by his power fully charged offsprings of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Walking in boldness. Stepping out to do that which no one is ready to do. And winning the prize for themselves in the name of the Lord Jesus. No more feebleness in our lives. As you command in your dream tonight, you will wake up in the morning and find the reality of it in the name of Jesus. Every fear vanish. Every fear begin to vanish. Every timidity bow. False humility and false contentment begin to run away from us in the name of Jesus. You are moving forward in the name of the Lord. And the mighty God shall be glorified. By the authority that is in the name of Jesus and the word of the living God. None of this word that have been declared shall fall to the ground. None of them shall return void until they have achieved all they are supposed to do in our lives in the name of Jesus. You are emboldened. And Christ is glorified in your life. Father, we thank you. We give you all the honor and glory. Jesus, marvelous name we pray. Amen. 
For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.